Hello and welcome to episode 70 of the Floor Hammer podcast, the light take on the grim dark. I'm David Pettit, and in the week that protesters stormed the US Capitol building, I'm joined by the man tasered while trying to break into the GW factory in Nottingham. <laughs> it's Rich O'Keefe. Hey Rich, happy hey, new year. Happy new year. At least I was tasered and didn't taser myself, no. as per that silly, silly person. Yes. Well, uh, well restrained on that uh, on that particular story, but uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Thank God we're out of twenty twenty. I, I mean, if it's made such a difference. Week, yeah, if the first week of twenty twenty one is going anything to go by, uh, it's not smooth sailing from here. But uh, yeah, here we go. <laughs> Let's be positive. That no, we can we can manage positive, can't we? It's been nice having a few weeks off. It has been good. So, has been what good. we four weeks since our last recording? We are. Yeah, we are. Yeah. We are four weeks. Yeah, so it's uh, yeah, it's been it's been it's been a nice break. Obviously, this burdensome exactly... task of uh, talking hobby for a couple of hours. Yeah, do you remember when this used to be fun? Now it's just a chore. So, <laughs> well, our friendship. <laughs> well, both. I should do the uh, the standard. Uh, follow us on Facebook. That's uh, facebook.com forward slash Floorhammer Podcast. Our website floorhammerpodcast.com and our Instagram handle at floorhammer underscore podcast but uh why don't you cover what we've uh what we've got today and and regular listeners of the show will find this format quite familiar they will we're gonna we're gonna really break the mold by starting with some hobby progress mm. um gw releases were thin on the ground but that's not a surprise as it was over christmas and not the run-up to christmas over a covid christmas as well yes well let's not talk about what christmas was this year let's swiftly swiftly whisk on past mm-hmm. that one um game we actually managed to get in uh due to some free time a digital game of space hulk yes Round we did three this time it was great it was really good um so we'll talk a bit about that and uh our topic is a uh recap of last year versus our, our goals um which i having done the notes for this uh for this show i've uh i uh, got a few confessions to get out there i get the excuses out <laughs> now dave that's how it works right i roll them out now yeah, it yeah. went in advance. Okay, cool. No, you, you're good. It's, it's after it's after the commercial bit, so you're good. Okay, that's that's the key. It's, it's it's fair game now. That's the dividing line, right? Good, good to know where that is. Yeah, even I have standards. And we're going to set ourselves some hobby goals for 2021. Mm-hmm. Um, this 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 year we might actually achieve some of them, which will be nice. To, yeah, I think, not all uh, our fault. Not all our fault this year. Certain pandemics and lockdowns <laughs> have thrown spanners in the works, but uh, just a few. Yeah, we're we're all good. And then we're going to wrap things up with a hobby tip. And I'm going to be uh, looking at Contrast Paints version 2.0 as I've been uh, busy trying out some new things over the last month. So uh, findings to be reported. Great. So before we dive into it, though, a little bit of show news, Dave. Your favourite segment. What a way to start the year. I don't know where this bit has come from about my favourite bit of the show. You made a joke uh, about it just once and um, I've not let it go. That's that's 90% of my humour, Dave. (laughs) If someone said something once and I just don't let it go. That's fair enough. Right, we've got two things to cover here. First thing, <laughs> let's let's get this uh, these bits out of the way. My wife is now, as of recording, 35 weeks pregnant. That's very pregnant, right, on the pregnancy scale for people who haven't had kids. Yes, that that is um, only a few weeks away from um, uh, estimated birth. So uh, this may be my last recording before Ooh. my paternity leave or my paternity leave i'm very kind aren't i allowing you four weeks off yeah yeah i mean Again. Uh, we are we are co-founders so it's a 50 50 share <laughs> although my entire 50 50 share probably goes to my wife knowing how 
marriage works. But um, yeah, so uh, she is due any week now. So this may be my last recording before before I go. May not be. But uh, we do have a, a very viable host in the wings waiting. So uh, we will reveal all when he jumps on board. Oh, we're leaving it as a surprise, are we? We are, we are leaving it as a surprise uh, for now. Just in just in case he comes down with uh, some horrible ailment. Oh, that sounded that sounded like a thinly veiled threat there, Dave. Wow. <laughs> depends, <laughs> you ex mafia or something? Depends. Uh, depends how well he does. I mean, we're from Staines. <laughs> I know people. And uh, second bit of show news: we have got your paint challenge to cover. Oh yes. So uh, before before the uh, the winter break, oh, winter break sound like a sport now. Uh, Is that what they say break, in sports, Dave? Yes. Okay, yeah. Thanks for that. It's internationally can't say Christmas. Right. 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 Or holidays, as the Americans call but it. But don't Australians play sport? Because isn't it summer for them? Well, maybe they have a summer break. I don't know. I don't really follow Australian sports as, as closely as I do to UK US sports. Okay. But anyway, I uh, finished the uh, Inquisitor. Inquisitor. Ooh, I didn't write this down. Kyria Draxus. Very good. I think I think was her name. So uh, that was the the elven looking Xenos Inquisitor uh, that I painted with my three colours and uh, did a bit of freehand there as my as my rolled four technique. So right, we're gonna roll up your paints as I switch screen to bring up your paint inventory. So right, that's my D and D dice bag because I don't play real life D and D anymore. Well, you do need a D ten. So, so I've got a D ten. Will come in handy. A D ten and two D six. Exactly. So, would you like to roll the first colour, please? One, two, three, it's a base. Four, five, six, it's a layer. Okay, got a layer paint. Go for it. And, and then... I've got a 54. You, sir, have a Latoc blue. Okay. So... The uh, Eldar blue. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of like a palish, pastely blue. Uh, I use mm. it for highlighting the ultramarines for the first stage. Okay. So you've got a potential... Potential highlight colour. I see you rolled again. What I have. That? I've got uh, base paint and it is 55. Corax have 50? white. Oh, yes. I love me some Corax white. Okay. okay. Blue and white. Okay. Sort of hamstrung yourself in, in a way. But uh, I suppose you could do the whole base layer as, as white now. Whereas you couldn't before. Yeah, and it can be a main colour and it's an off-white as well, remember. So I can still like highlight it with white. Um, or mix white in with it and stuff like that. So I've got options. And finally, I've got another layer paint. And Ooh. I've got 33. White scar. Right, so we're going to implement the re-roll rule there. And, we are. And uh, I will immediately hash out a re-roll of a 24. If it's all and grey, I'm going to jump out the window. <laughs> it is not. It is Doom Ball Brown. Oh, nice. Okay. Ooh. So just to recap, Doom Ball Brown, Corax White, and Alatoc Blue. So I have got a nice dark reddy brown, which is interesting, and a light mm. blue, and then an off-white. So that's going to be an, an interesting, an interesting combination of colours. Okay, I you better pick me a kind model. If you pick like an orc, I'm going to murder you in your sleep. <laughs> I think with the uh, the lightish colours, you could um, mix them together. Yeah, I think mixing up the blue and brown to give myself some kind of shading colours, and, and and I'll have to have a little play around and see what I can do with it. I'm taking tips from uh, Tim Spinelli from. Uh, uh, Instagram. He did a fantastic job on the challenge by mixing all the different colours together in different ratios to see what he could do before getting started. So smart, smart move there. You do, but before we move on, oh no, I've got there is the twist. <laughs> I forgot about this. 
You have not rolled for your technique. So. Alrighty. Alrighty. Do you have a D10 available? I do. I've got a seven. You have to do a significant conversion. Oh, okay. So I will I will keep that in mind when I pick the model. So I won't be um I won't go for like full on tyranid or something. <laughs> a large metal model. <laughs> yeah. Thanks, Dave. We said plastic uh, kits only, didn't we? To be to be kind. So we did, yes, yeah. Mm. Well, especially with the significant conversion, to be fair. So um yeah, I will jot this down. And next episode I will hopefully have gifted you a model in your hands that you can open live on air. And you can get cracking before the uh, the episode after that. Good, good. We should arrive quite quickly, actually, because GW were on it uh, before Christmas. I know when I ordered you the model, uh, things were a bit uh, haywire with the post and dispatch. We'd just gone into lockdown two. But um, I ordered something just before Christmas. I bought, it was uh, the Box of Lord of the Rings models, but also some bases, nothing particularly fancy. Um, and I accidentally clicked the or i left it as selected on the deliver to store option um Ugh. which obviously is shut um so i phoned them up and because games workshop are awesome right there and then on the phone the guy placed a new order uh, which got dispatched to me by the end of that day uh and then they cancelled the, the the to store order and the thing arrived on like the 24th of december and i only ordered it on the 22nd 21st perfect so really fast turnaround great customer um, service yeah I, they, and, and people give games a lot of grief for a lot of different things their customer service is something you cannot fault them for like if you ever have a problem and you phone them up they will sort it out for you they're really really on it cool so let's uh let's get on with the show and uh head into hobby progress and i will go first because i took my christmas break seriously and i had done quite a lot of hobby in the lead up to christmas uh by my standards i should say because uh, i don't have a permanent setup so every single bit of spare time i did um i did contribute it towards uh warhammer lately um more warcraft just because it was easier for me and i had less time um but i was on a bit of hobby burnout and i think that that is real we've we've talked about that in the past um, so I have not picked up a paintbrush in a good month or two now. Um, and it's it's been quite uplifting. It's been it's been quite a, like not a burden because I don't want to say this hobby is a burden, but it feels quite nice not to have to force myself to do some hobby if I don't want to. Yeah. And it's 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 been a nice feeling. I have sort of come out the other side. Obviously, I'm looking at all the the january and february looking forward to all the new releases coming out i am however in the middle of a house move yes so uh, this has thrown a bit of a spanner in the works so what i might do is um, not buy anything and keep my hobby time very limited um, until after the house move especially as i have packed up 75 80 percent of my um, hobby stuff right now it's all in sealed boxes so uh yeah for so for the next few weeks it doesn't look to be too much hobby on the horizon which which i'm totally fine with and uh i know it's it's a bit of a, a bit on this podcast that i don't do a lot of hobby but um this this is this is like an enforced lack of hobby and, and i feel quite uh like liberated not having to think that i should probably do some not forcing myself to do something but sort of talking myself into it saying i should probably do something for the podcast 
Yeah, man, the, the hobby's there to have fun with and to enjoy. And if uh, you've enjoyed taking a break from it, then I think that still counts. Um, and, you know, uh, yeah, moving house, everything packed up, like, that is, mm. a, that is a priority. And, yeah, nothing's going to dull the spirits of doing hobby, like having to... Normally, you have to unpack stuff anyway, right, from your little storage box. But then if it's also then double boxed and you're trying to keep things under control and there's already other boxes of stuff everywhere... Yeah, there's no point driving yourself mad just trying to do hobby, mate. If you're uh, you want to smash yeah. out some Warcraft or something, then it's a better use of your time as a as a, as a wind down than than uh, I don't know enforced hobby. Exactly, exactly. Especially with um, my hobby materials actually being out and about, we've got uh, little prying hands that can grab hobby knives yes. and Stanley knives. So uh, yeah, it's it's been uh, it's been sealed away for now. I've still got my hobby project box. Um, which has like paints and um, a few bits and models here and there. Um, I was working on a diorama before mm-hmm. Christmas, uh, but didn't get around to finishing it. So I'll have to finish that when everything gets unpacked again. But uh, yeah, I was I was well on my way. But I'm not going to spend uh, 10, 15 minutes talking about how I packed up all my hobby stuff, which I could totally do. And that For would sure. be right down my alley. Um, but I am see, first of all, s- I got a box of... <laughs> yeah, exactly. And uh, I didn't have any duct tape, so I uh, purchased some off a well-known uh, rainforest, South American rainforest website. But uh, no, I'm not going to go down that that road, <laughs> as, I, as I well could do. And I'm going to hand over the reins of Hobby Progress to you, sir. Well, thankfully, we had the Christmas break, so I, <laughs> I actually got a reasonable amount of hobby done during that time. Mm, a bit um, the other way. Yes, but my child's old enough that I can sit in the front room and, and, and do some hobby bits and stuff when he's around and it's it's way less of an issue. And in fact, we even played a game uh, of Loose loose Rules 40k on, on, on the front room floor, uh, some, some legit floor hammer. Um, oh, nice. So he can he can tell the difference between a, a rice cake and a space rune then? Uh, just about, yes. Yeah. No. So mine, mine would stuff both in his mouth. <laughs> But uh, no, no, he has not. He has not been at risk of eating the models for quite some time. <laughs> and I did a few um, bits and pieces progress on stuff that was ongoing. But it was mainly because I had my holiday projects lined up. So I mentioned before uh, in the last episode that I had the uh, Lord of the Ring stuff ready, ready to go. That Fellowship of the Ring box that I had stripped down and, and sorted out. So I got on with painting them and. It was a massive nostalgia trip um, to paint those models, the first models I ever painted, um, even though I never finished them all first time round, um, because of new shinies, of course. Of course. Um, and getting them done this time felt really, really good. I actually struggled to find a decent reference image um, because the GW stuff on their website is all uh, the the box set that they do at the moment, which is a mixture of... Uh, some of the original Fellowship models and some of the like Helm's Deep models and some other other ones mixed in there. Um, the movie is quite hard to reference as well because I always found that when I was doing my Lord of the Rings stuff, trying to reference it, the movies are very dark because it's cinematic. Yes, it's hard to it's hard to sort of capture the light of the models. Uh, luckily, I still used to have my old um, Lord of the Rings rulebook um that i got with the original yes the original um set and the the red one as well the was it the two towers was red, red was two towers yeah mm. blue was the return of the king so i did a bit of internet research and got some reasonable pictures and i kind of tried to copy the the color tones but i did it all with contrast paints because i've built up a reasonable collection now since they came out and i primed everything in uh gray seer 
um, and just went went ahead with the contrast paints and did a reasonably good job of um, copying the colours. I mean, I'll talk about the colour mixing and things in in the in the hobby tips section, but um, I didn't find it too difficult. And I found that the Lord of the Rings models took the contrast paint really well um, because they're a lot smaller than a normal model. They are metal, however. How, they did, are. how did that work? Well, a lot of the details on metal models are actually pretty sharp. If you think of res- resin versus metal, um, like the fine cast models, the details can be quite soft, whereas they're very hard sharp in a in a metal cast. So things like uh, folds on cloaks, chain mail, facial features, they all came out really, really well. Being that the details just that little bit, sharper and less rounded which works really well mm-hmm. with the way contrast paints work i also found that you know again being smaller models and metals there's the risk of like clogging details up quite easily even with thinned paints because they're very small some of the details um, and again the contrast paints really helped there with not with not clogging anything up um, and it's just a great reminder of the fact that that fellowship box set was they're all single piece miniatures like none of them are cast in like even two parts with an arm they're all single piece miniatures and they look really good for single piece miniatures. Yeah, like they're really dynamic, and they're the original box set ones, not the terrible sideways plastic ones that were just awful. <laughs> uh, where Legolas is shooting and looking in a different direction. I mean, I know it's Legolas, but it just looks dumb. They're really, really nicely cast, and the likeness to the characters from the movies is is really, 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 really well done. So yeah, good, good nostalgia hit. Um, and I all got them painted in in well, I finished them like. Just uh, just after the first or second of January or something like that. What uh, uh, Legolas model is it? Is it the one that he's sort of standing on a rock? It very much looks like the Canadian sniper. Yes, the bow is like slightly lowered. Can- Canadian and he's, he's... sniper. I didn't mean Canadian sniper. You meant Canadian. I don't know what you meant now. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah, the he's Canadian got his... sniper. He's, he's got the bow slightly lowered. and He's drawing an arrow from his quiver. Yes. So it's, it's 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 the cool one. It's the one that looks like Orlando Bloom. So that's that's how you know it's the good one. And uh yeah, I really really enjoyed it and it was yeah, like I say a good nostalgia trip, a great reminder that you can do actually quite a lot of contrast paints if you use them not how games workshop tell you. Um I was following the uh Juan Hidalgo whose name is just amazing. Every contrast approach um to to using to using them where it's it's the base and the shade. Yes, but you you put it on carefully, and then you rely on an, an edge highlight to kind of really push it up a notch with with mm. without much without much additional effort. Um, so yeah, they they've come out really really nicely. And more more contrast shenanigans. Uh, as I mentioned, I ordered a couple more models because uh, talking about all this, um, my friend Paul that I mentioned, we want to do a board together. We're kind of working on a little little army project together, and I got some Urukai models. Um, nice, because I love those models. They're so cool. Is it the I scout paint. ones or the uh, the sort of the army ones? I got the box set ones, the the, the armored urukai, the fighting mm-hmm. urukai. Um, I will probably get a box of scouts at some point, so I've got a nice mix and match. Um, but they were super easy to paint. I've just gone in with uh, metal over the whole model, um, and then just picked out a few details like the straps, cloth, and flesh in a couple of different uh, browns and a white. Um, and then I've just contrasted the entire model with thinned down wildwood, which is a dark brown, um, and it's basically painted the model for me in one go. But I mean, there's 20 models, and I think I've spent like f- less than five hours on the whole box set and um, painting them, and they're they're basically done. I've just got to do hand prints and everything now. Freehanded, not my uh, not my regular uh, skill, but uh, as the the white paint was applied in the movie with someone literally slapping their hand in paint and putting it on the on the dude's face or shield, um, I, I'm pretty good with with mimicking that. Yeah, it doesn't require skill, so I'm I'm well in there. 
And I've started working on prepping the Osgiliath um, themed board that I mentioned before. So I've been running a few terrain pieces out um, on the printer uh, and agreed with my friend how we're going to kind of go about uh, painting them. Um, so when I've got a couple more bits and pieces, I'm going to uh, shove some in the post and we'll be doing a, I don't know, a two houses project. Because I think <laughs> a two... tale of two houses. Yes. I mean, it's Osgiliath, so I guess it's quite light stone, isn't it? Yes, we're going to go for probably a grey prime and a white dry brush and or sponge and then a bit of washing here and there. But um, mm -hmm. you're keeping it nice and bright um, and everything's just rubble and wreck. So it, 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 you don't have to be too careful with it. So that should, that should be fun. And I'll, I'll kind of try and do some, some updates on how that goes. Going a lot, lot simpler on the board than uh, with the uh, Age of Sigmar table. Um, keeping things simple so that we can get it done. Lastly, yes, the Age of Sigmar board it is going very slowly in progress terms. I am down to the last few decorative bits. I've basically got to put the bushes and the grasses on and then base the trees and then then that's everything done. But at the moment, it's three degrees in the garage, two, three degrees, um, and nothing is drying properly, um, even with like did a I, fan on it. And Did I see some paper banners that you'd done? I did cheat with the banners on the castle walls. So they had these 3D printed banner areas, but they were kind of flat and plain, and I'm really not good with freehand. Um, and I didn't have any suitable transfers in my transfer stash. Um, so I printed out some uh, really iffy-looking uh, Skyrim banners um, nice. on red regular paper, cut them up and tried to sort of stick them on with some PVA glue. It's made some of the ink run a little bit, um, but I'm just going to slap some brown wash over the top and call it weathering. <laughs> but yes, they're sort of got the white run banner on them-ish. Okay. But, you know, it's, it's better than freehanding, and it, it looks good enough at a distance, which is what the whole terrain set looks like anyway, is good enough at a distance. So, yeah, I'm pretty happy with that. Um, so, yes, I'm down to the last, you know couple of uh hobby tasks to, to get that to get that done and dusted and um then hopefully when i shove it in the in the cupboard to store it in the house it'll actually kind of thoroughly dry through because some of the pva is not wet but it's just not dried so it's still a little white Moist. and cloudy yeah it's a little white and cloudy in places so mm. not not perfect but uh, we'll get there but uh, yeah so i have been busy in the last month and kind of made use of the time but um yeah that's good it's... at least one of us has yeah <laughs> I can tell you the enthusiasm for doing the the terrain project is is at a low though when it was like so cold in the garage and I'm out, I'm out there for like forty minutes max before I start shivering. It's um, awful, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Well, you can't put like a coat on or whatever to do like hobby applications because it's just not it's just not convenient. So I'm going to complain about it being just above zero and there's probably someone listening in Canada where it's like minus thirty telling me I'm a British wuss. But hey, yeah, I still I remember the the miniac how to <laughs> how to prime your miniatures in like. Zero degrees. Zero? Fahrenheit. He's, he's in Minnesota, man. It's like <laughs> yeah. minus 30 there. It's Fahrenheit. <laughs> Kelvin. <laughs> you know Kelvin doesn't go below zero, right? Like, it's physically impossible. Zero Kelvin. <laughs> uh, right, anyway. Let's, let's move on to uh, the Games Workshop releases. Mm. So, we have had little... But that is acceptable. I mean, it's it's been the holiday season here in the, uh, well, the world. Yes. Um, and and uh, Games Workshop, of course, mixed with um, COVID, have uh, has taken a bit of uh, a laid back approach to the uh, the releases over Christmas. However, there still were a few things coming out, including this week, uh, where we've seen some Death 
guard rules. Yeah, I mean, we mentioned we mentioned they kind of previewed the army-wide rule uh, last time. We had some more stuff come out, which makes their their characters and stuff look really cool. And the codex is now coming out for pre-order. Yes. So it's, it's exciting times if you're a Death Guard player. As somebody who has some Death Guard models, uh, I look forward to seeing what the rules actually are and whether I can, you know, now play the army without everyone thinking I'm the fun police. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I mean, yeah. Six, <laughs> Come on, Dave. That game, we, that game we played wasn't the most fun game in the universe. No, no. It was at 60 plague bearers, wasn't it? It was a bit much. Yeah. <laughs> in hindsight. I, I, I am glad you you admit that. I mean, I still had fun because it was you. We had a laugh um, about it, yeah. If it wasn't you, you might have been punched in the face. Um, moving on. <laughs> <laughs> moving on. They also have a combat patrol box coming out. Yes, they um, do. Which looks pretty good, actually. There's, there's a lot of models in that box. There's nearly 40 models in that, in that, in that box as a starter. Yeah, yeah. Again, so they're, they're bringing out a lot of these um, uh, mini box. I say mini boxes, but they're still pretty much the, the start collecting style boxes. And uh, yeah, this, this one looks as good as the, the others. Yes, and this one actually contains a named character, which I thought was a bit strange. But I mean, Typhus is Typhus and Typhus does what Typhus does. Yeah, I mean, you're getting quite a lot of uh, quite a lot of unit count in there with the with the pox walkers. Yeah, they're not a lot of points, but you also get a po- you also get a unit of plague marines who are a lot of points. Um, so yeah, I, I think it's a pretty good box set, and it's going to be a hefty amount of plastic to get for your money, which will, which will be nice. Yeah, and have you seen the uh, the contamination core collection, which they're bringing out? It basically uh, gives you the the codex, um, the like the special edition. Um, Death Guard character, which I don't know what he's called. Like it's a miasma something. Uh, but you get the plague stack thing. Yep. You get this combat patrol box. You get the data cards, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But you also get um, a fantastic framed piece of Death Guard um, artwork, which looks looks really cool. And if if I was a Death Guard collector slash player, I would be all over this like a. Well, like a rash, like a Nurgle rash, yeah. Very good, Dave. Very good. You almost missed. You almost missed a really good one there, and then caught yourself just in time. Uh, I was, I was trying to remember the name of the god because I was about to say a Death Guard rash, and uh, <laughs> yeah, forgot forgot uh, his almighty Nurgle goodness, whatever his face is. <laughs> <laughs> I think someone needs a cup of tea. Right, and. On the subject of box sets as well, we didn't mention this last episode. I think it came out just after, even though there have been hints of it before, and that's the Piety and Pain box. Yeah, I have a feeling this was the week of our um, release, and we just missed yes, it on the probably, recording. Which is always what happens. Yeah, standard. At least at least it wasn't a whole edition this time. Yes, true. Uh, and uh, this is the new Sisters of Battle versus uh, Drukhari box set. And it's an interesting one because I like the stuff that's in there for the Drukhari. It's a good mix. Mm-hmm. Um, the Sisters, you only get... I mean, so it's a good value, let's put it that way. But you only get five Sisters models, uh, the new Palatine model... And uh, the Immolator. Now, it's good on value because that Immolator is not the cheapest. Um, we don't get very many models for the sisters. But you, you get a vehicle, so... And a, a, beef, a beefcake of a vehicle at that. Um, it's a good bolt-on force. It is. This is true. So I guess the expectation is you've got something else 
already because there is no sisters start collecting slash combat patrol box yet so it'd be interesting to there see when is not that comes out not that i've taken notice of that no hint, and you're waiting hint. waiting waiting um <laughs> and a lovely new lilith hesperx model um mm. I, there's the usual outcry on the internet of why didn't you just remake the other model which i just don't understand why people want a plastic version of an existing model she looks really cool she i mean she does i do love the uh the dynamic pose as well oh. i get um uh, why it's kind of annoying for some people because she comes with like a elven ruin that she's standing on um and sometimes you have to cut her off of that if your basing uh style is completely different for your drukari army but um yeah and this model i mean i loved the old model don't get me wrong oh, yeah but uh i mean this this model i i, I like even more and last but not least, a few things that kind of snuck under the radar a little bit um, from what I see, and that is that there were some changes to points values um, and points and victory point scoring rules, which I found a bit strange. Things went up and down in points, that's fine. Um, I haven't looked at the list because, again, when was the last time I played an actual match play game of 40k? Um, but interesting, they changed the way you score so that you, if you're the second player, you score at the end of your last turn so it gives you a chance to last minute jump on an objective or 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 whatever which is i understand that that's that makes a lot of sense the person going second should have a tactical advantage in terms of objective grabbing to make up for the disadvantage of being shot at first Uh, but it's the last turn of the game only now i haven't played very many games of ninth edition um, but i'm willing to bet there's sod all left by the end of turn five as but I mean, if you do have that one unit left, you can unimpeded try to grab something. Potentially unimpeded try to grab something and, and achieve something, yes. Or achieve something, but, I, I mean, say, yes. Does that balance out getting shot at first? Question mark, I don't know. Um, mm. Basically, I saw two, two uh, angles from people on the internet. Uh, one was, it's the best change ever because it's super, super powerful because the second turn end of... Uh, the, going second and the end of your turn is in the fifth turn is very very key like you're saying and other people who said i don't ever have anything left at that point this is a load of crap so as usual it's the facebook um polar opposites experience yeah. so i'd be interested to hear from people who actually play i'd be interested to hear from people like lawrence from tabletop tactics what they actually think to this change yeah um, i mean it's that's that's just cutting a, uh, a slice of the community right down the middle oh it but, is yeah every time uh, i mean from my point of view if going second gives you some sort of tactical advantage because people are closer so your charge distances are <laughs> you play black templars <laughs> no, <well. laughs> I, I play Black Templars, but also every single army I seem to play, I somehow end up as a close combat army. That's because you play like, Black Templars, Dave. Yeah, I, <laughs> I, I guess so. Like, even my towel were just tr- trying to get in there. I was like, oh, if I go this close, they can rapid fire in 15 inches. It's just like, it's no, the temptation David, to get what too are you close. doing? Um, but yeah, yeah it, so there are advantages and disadvantages of, of going second. And I mean... If I've got stuff left at the end of turn five, I wouldn't mind uh, unimpeded if I do this and um, advance and do this. I might end up on that Mm. objective and no one's going to do anything about it. And if I do, I win the game. So it's not nothing. I just wonder if it's enough. It might work. Yeah. Yeah. I I think it's enough because you are playing the game still. Oh, yeah. If if your army is better than the other army, you're still going to win no matter if you go first or second. So 
Also, one more, one more little update they made is they put out rules for uh, all the Indomitus stuff for Kill Team, which I found interesting. I so, missed this, actually. Yeah, there's a Kill Team update, um, Indomitus stuff. So for everyone going, Games Workshop have given up supporting Kill Team. Well, they clearly haven't. Um, <laughs> the Kill Team annual Please. for this year has not been out yet, but um, I'm going to just say Pandemic and leave it at that. Things are probably a little behind. But... I thought that was a new expansion, Kill Team Pandemic. <laughs> uh, having played Pandemic, the board game, um, I don't wish to see that crossing over with Mr. <laughs> K, thank you. It's it's a really cool game, but it's heinously difficult. Yeah, I was going to say, you die enough already. Yeah. <laughs> Let alone if they had bolt guns. So, um, yeah, let's see what comes out for Kill Team in the future. Um, I'm hoping that they continue to support it, and as armies get released and stuff like that, new units get added or whatever that they can carry across, that they, that they get moved across, it should be pretty interesting. Because um, Kill Team is awesome. And on to our game. So like you mentioned at the start of the show, it was a digital game. We had a, uh, a video conferencing call and uh, we, we played a game hosted by yourself of Space Hulk. This was uh, what round three or night three, I should say, because we were on round five or something. Oh, mission, yeah, yeah. Fifth mission fifth, five. Fifth mission, uh, third night of you, myself and other Dave. Uh, getting together digitally to play some Space Hulk goodness. And uh, yeah, it was, as always, uh, a lot of fun. I mean, COVID's been getting me down, the house move stress, pregnancy stress. Uh, not my pregnancy, my wife's pregnancy. Um, I been... don't think you need to clarify that at this stage, Dave. But uh... I mean, it's it's. I like to think we've got an open audience. But yeah, so I, I've been feeling a bit down. And then Space Hulk, I was a bit meh. I don't really want to and then i joined and we had a lot of fun and i felt much better for it so thank you good man that was great fun and uh we broke out the rules pack from the most recent rendition of the game which i think is 2014 i want to say I mean, um, did we? You were telling us the we rules. We did. So. We did. Yeah, I made up all the rules. It's fine. That's what I always do. Um, we did the boarding mission because what they did is they added this in as the first intro mission to playing Space Hulk. Um, right. Over and above replacing the previous first opener of Suicide Mission. Um, Which was <laughs> Wow, a bleep. That's unusual for us. As, I know, right? As, but, uh, as but previously. Seriously, as, a, as an intro game. Like, it's rough, so it rough is. for the Marines. Like, do you want to play Space Hulk? Well, that was fun. You're dead. That's basically how that mission goes um, almost every single time. So well, this one I mean, was a, a much fairer fight. They're probably trying to explain Space Hulk to those people that come over from 40k where they see gene stealers and they're just like limp body bags right, yeah. that just fall over. Just shoot them. Um, yeah, gene stealers in Space Hulk are horrendous demon things that can just... <laughs> rip you open like there's nobody's business uh, so we played the boarding mission and this is an interesting one because you don't start in a set location there's like a front edge to represent the outside of the of the space hulk and the boarding torpedoes actually slam into the space hulk as the opener for the mission which is cool yeah well so, i mean 60 tons of metal screaming through space isn't going to be that accurate no it, it's it's a boarding torpedo they literally yeah. sh shoot it at the space hulk and hope for the best because um, 40k because yeah because 40k um, so you have to roll to kind of see where along that front edge the uh, the, the torpedoes dock um, and then there's a series of rooms um, there's like three tiers I would say it was almost like a pyramid shape um, there were like mm. three tiers of rooms there was like the front rooms the middle section and then a back section room um, that were f 
that started with blips in them and the marines have to get in there and clear out all of those rooms in 12 turns i think it was which in space hulk terms is actually not very long no i mean i i saw 12 turns and i thought we've got ages realized how slow space hulk terminators move um and yeah we we started off quite conservative i got a bit aggressive towards the middle i got told <laughs> off by my comrade um but i think if i hadn't been aggressive we might not have got anywhere are you trying to take credit for this wow wow i'm trying to i'm trying to take credit for our potential results that sure reveal soon sure sure we'll we'll, we'll revisit this um when we when we when we (laughs) we point out the highlights dave and we'll see we'll see just how other people may think you you acted in the situation um i went a bit space wolf a little bit um it is time limited for for a reason though it makes the marines move up and uh get into those rooms to clear the gene stealers out and the gene stealers have a limited number of blips um they only, I only got six reinforcement blips and i had to kill off a number of marines so it makes the gene stealers act aggressively as well um which is good because it makes for a uh, a pretty fair and balanced mission actually um i think i had to kill only th- i only had to kill three of your marines um to secure a win um, and you had to kill all of the gene stealers uh, without, right, right, yeah. without taking too many casualties um, in order to win. Uh, kill all the gene stealers in the rooms. You could have them in the corridors. No one cares, apparently. Yeah, we had to have no, yeah, no gene stealers in all three tiers of rooms. Yeah. at the end of the game. Um, and we won't go blow by blow. Um, but as you said, you were quite tentative with your start, and then realised as I made several reminders that you guys need to get your skates on. So things things escalated. Um, highlights. Highlights. Well, let, let's 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 go back to this moment, Dave, of your heroic charge, shall we? Where at the start of the turn, um, you roll for command <laughs> points. Uh, you roll for command points at the start of the turn, and you had some sweet move that you were going to do with the heavy flamer, like bursting through a room, uh, turn, fire the flamer like down a long corridor and kill a bunch of gene stealers and cut off their advance. And you said, "Oh, we only need we only need three command points for me to do this." Um, Correct. Promptly rolled two command points. Correct. Um, rerolled onto another two, I think. Um, and said oh i'm a command point short of what i need to do to execute my plan and then you executed your plan anyway without the resources to finish your plan does that sound fair that is also correct i will (laughs) i will give you that had that pan out man the last dice was a buffer so i didn't need it as long as i rolled perfectly were you able to fire your heavy flamer dave Uh, i didn't roll perfectly so (laughs) (laughs) no (laughs) no um yeah but i mean i'm a terminator right what's a gene stealer gonna do um apparently shred you into ribbons when you turn your back on them (laughs) i i i mean his mate was covering him down the corridor and missed both of his overwatch shots as this gene stealer just ran through the heavy flamer oh but yes that was a stupid move i will completely own up to that but it was the old crap moment we need to move up and i think we got a bit more panicked because uh, normally we would retreat back because if we um lost any more terminators we would lose yes but it was a well we might as well just run forward now try and kill as many g stealers as possible before we get overrun because i mean the our first i think that was like turn maybe four or five the first few turns we were killing gene stealers yes um, i was a bit reckless. moving 
Yeah, yeah, I was probably a little reckless with the gene stealers, but um, where's the fun in just sitting around a corner and waiting and doing nothing? So you've got, you've got to mix it up with Space Hulk, I think. Hmm. Um, with the O'Keefe shuffle as well. Exactly. Out oh. and in. Make sure you jam your bolt gun. Yep. Trying to, trying to, trying to draw out those uh, bolt jams. Yeah. And Gideon with his Thunderhammer Storm Shield getting aggressive. This was, this was fun. Dave, Dave decided that he'd had enough of standing there on guard where you get to re-roll your, your attack dice. Um, for those who haven't played Space Hulk in combat, uh, Space Marines get one dice and Gene Steelers get three. And it is whoever rolls highest kills the other one outright so it can be yeah. brutal no armor saves no saves gideon does have plus two because he's a sergeant and he has a thunder hammer which is beef and he reduces the attack dice for the gene stealers by one in their front arc but be, you know you've only got to roll really low and you're dead um so mm. people like to go on guard with him but dave got aggressive and started walking into rooms and smashing things with the thunder hammer which was pretty funny um yeah. eventually uh, eventually, I brought him down, but by that point, he'd killed his way through everything in the rooms. Um, yeah, he he went full on expendables, didn't he? He did, he did. And I thought David stuffed it up royally on one of the left hand corridors where there was a room where he'd not he'd gone in and fired he fired his bolt gun he fired his storm bolter like four times and then used a bunch of command points to fire the storm bolter again and again and kept missing genius sealers that were in the room with him. Um, which in Space Hulk terms, if you're not on Overwatch, you're in a bad spot. And we thought it was all going to go wrong until he uh, drew three turns in a row fighting a Gene Stealer <laughs> because I rolled like a plank um, and then smashed a Gene Stealer across the room um, and managed to secure the room in combat with a just a Terminator with a Power Fist. So yeah, some, 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 eventful, some eventful moments. And as we discussed on the call, Space Hulk, no matter how good it's going for the Space Marines, no matter how in control you feel you are, you still feel like you're on a knife edge. Um, it, it always is on the knife edge. I mean, Terminators in 40k, two wounds, two up save. Space Hulk, one wound, no AP. <laughs> <laughs> no save and a lot less attacks than your opponent. <laughs> yeah, it's it's... I mean, the odds are stacked against you, but you have guns. So the idea is to keep the geniuses at range. And yeah, if they get anywhere near you, you are screwed. Obviously, they move a lot faster than you as well. So it's 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 a lot of it's a lot of things to to mentally balance when you're playing that game. Plus a plus an implied time limit as well. So, but I mean that that was all well and good, but we still needed to secure the rooms. So, how did we get on after turn twelve? After turn 12, I had managed to uh, have one Gene Stealer survive the entire uh, tirade of shooting. And it wasn't Gideon's room that was the problem. It was uh, another room further back round where Lorenzo, the other sergeant, couldn't quite get into the room and finish the Gene Stealer off that was that was lurking uh, in a corner. So you had not cleared the rooms of Gene Stealers, but I had not killed more than two Marines. Because after that initial failure by you, Dave, you guys tightened your belt uh, and were way more way more uh, careful and uh, it resulted in a draw which i felt did. which i felt was fair for the way the game had gone yes yes um we had um screwed up tactically in the first few turns i think not moving far enough forward yes we were killing gene stealers but we hadn't um given us the sort of the one or two round buffer mm -hmm. of being able to clear out gene stealers in in the rooms that we were in but yeah, Gene Sealers, they only needed to kill one more Terminator. And I mean, you were one round away of being in, in combat with someone. So who knows how that would have gone. Exactly. So, 
So, uh, yeah, it, a, a draw, like you said, was a fair result. Had uh, a great time. Um, I, I do hold my hand up for the two Terminators that we did It was lose. hilarious, mate. It was hilarious. But, it's uh, just the way Dave and like I are I there, said, like, you don't have the resources to carry out your plan. You're like, I'm going to do it anyway. Yep, that's what Space Wolves <laughs> would do. They're Blood Angels, Dave. Oh. <laughs> Um, it was I'll fun. Just, mate, I just blame my computer. My computer screen went black and white for a bit. Sure, um, sure, yeah. But uh, yeah, no, I I had uh, great fun. Uh, other Dave had great fun, and uh, sounds like you had great fun too. Yeah, it's always a laugh. Shall we roll on through then, Dave, and start uh, start taking a look back at the rest of at the rest of 2020? Yeah. Ups and downs. So so this time last year we set our goals. Um, we had no idea what coronavirus was. Um, to us, that was a illness you got after drinking too many beers. But um, alas, the pandemic did hit the world. And uh, I mean, obviously, a very, very minor uh, issue to come from that was that the Floorhammer podcast 2020 goals were a bit screwed up. Yes. I mean, on the list of world priorities, this is pretty much at the bottom. Yeah. I mean, we're, we're probably out of the top 100. So, <laughs> yes, yeah, sure. Um, no, it's no, no laughing matter. It but, isn't. Um, uh, yeah, so if if we go through uh, our 2020 hobby goals that we listed off and uh, see how we got on, and then what we'll do is we'll move on to our future hobby goals with 2021 and hopefully the uh, with an end to the pandemic in sight as well. So uh, I'll, I'll go first. Go on then. My first hobby goal from 2020 was to um, complete at least one army list for the Custodes and Tau. Go for it. What did, you, what did you do, Dave? So at the end of 2019, I think, uh, or or was it? Maybe I was, at start of 2020, I was looking to do Custodies and I had my old Tau collection. Um, I was working on Custodies. I have technically painted all of the Custodies that I own. That's good going. So, that is good going for anything. Yeah. Yeah, so so I I, I class that as a um, a potential win. However, if we're sticking to the rules, that is not an army list. I, I wrote a one thousand point army list, I think, mm. and I think I've missed out on it by about one hundred and fifty two hundred points. Which Oof. I mean, it's like two models. <laughs> yeah, but, this um, is true. <laughs> yeah, but uh, unfortunately, I didn't complete that. And uh, the towel, I am still, uh, I still love my towel. And I will definitely be getting them out. Um, I built uh, a few of the Tau models over the course of the year, um, but I didn't get any closer to finishing off because I've pretty much done seventy percent of the uh, the Gorilla Fighter Tau mm. Lost Colony uh, army that I've been uh, that I had been working on. But I will be certainly looking forward to doing that in in twenty twenty one. Okay, so do you want me to come out with a goal, or do you want to do all yours yeah. in one go, mate? Yeah, okay, I'll, I'll carry on. So the second one was to uh, paint a bust or a large-scale model. In order to do this, I had needed to buy a bust or a large-scale model, <laughs> uh, which I failed to do. Um, not out of uh, not wanting to, um, but my house move actually picked up. So when, when I was looking to do this was towards the end of 2020, um, and my house move uh, started to pick up um, because I was actually looking to move at the start of 2020 that's how long this saga has been going on for um and what i was going to be using this for is is for like a display piece so i could put it in a cabinet Mm. and unfortunately i don't have room for that cabinet at the moment but i will do in the new place 
Um, so I've I've put this one on hold yep. just because uh, it was dependent on me um, moving house, not to actually paint the bust or large scale model, but I didn't want to paint it and then just put it away in a cupboard or just wrap it up and, and never see it again. Plus, you kind of had a, set, a purchase embargo for the last X number of months because you didn't want to buy more stuff that you've then got to move with, right? So I remember before you said you weren't buying much new stuff. That was also because um, I am the sole um, income earner in the household and my bank statements were being sort of assessed by the, the banks yeah. for mortgage. <laughs> yeah. and Buying resin models and... is, is not one of their, uh, one of their, their uh, decisions on what is a necessity. Yeah, so, I mean, like double triple figures um every month for games workshop is a non-essential item that i shouldn't really be purchasing um said my wife (laughs) (laughs) also probably the bank um yeah so so i I did put a um not a complete hold on purchases but uh any sort of big things that a uh, i didn't need to buy b it would have come up on the statements and c where the hell am i going to put it considering i'm trying to cut down on my stuff to move that's just being sensible mate uh, the next one was um, painting a model or diorama using five different techniques I don't usually use. Uh, so this was uh, like weathering, non-metallic metal, OSL, etc., etc. I have started this. Yes. So this this was a small diorama uh, that I was painting up uh, towards the end of last year. Um, I have actually done some object source lighting on it. Good, good. Um, so there is OSL. Uh, there's some heavy weathering on it as well. Uh, there will be some elements of non-metallic metal. Um, and, that's going to be, that's gonna be uh, an interesting one. Yeah, and uh, there was a few uh, other pieces. What I might try, because it's like a, a city um, city scene, mm-hmm. what I might try and do as well is uh, get some like muddy, dirty puddles as well. Nice. With like, water effects. Yeah, cool. Because uh, that's something I don't usually use as well. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I said five different techniques in one model i mean four or five close enough um just uh, it, the focus was more on the different techniques i don't usually use so um as, as long as i've got a few on there i was happy and uh i've been uh spending a bit more time on them i suppose a technique that i don't usually use is actually using uh an airbrush on smaller models so i used an airbrush yes. on on these ones and and blew the um the known oil through it mm. onto the uh the black templar chaplain that i've got going on it yeah, I guess that's another technique that I didn't use um, before. Obviously, if I move into this new place, uh, I might have more access to an airbrush, so it might be something that I look forward to in the future. Um, and with that comes uh, potentials for reinvigorating some past projects. Yeah, having somewhere that your hobby stuff is there all the time is, is a massive benefit. Like, okay, I have to shift mine around a lot because I work at the same desk, but it's not major. Not like you've got to unpack and pack stuff away. So yeah, it makes life a lot easier. Yeah, I mean, when it comes to airbrushing, the only time I can do it is when my wife takes my child out. Yeah. <laughs> it's literally the only time I can do it. So, um, yeah, it's it's not great. Um, but the next one was uh, one that we shared, actually, a shared goal, and that was to try out several new games, uh, <sighs> specialist games, Adeptus Titanicus, Aeronauta Imperialis, and uh, Warcry slash Age of Sigmar, which were the, the three, well, I suppose four. Options, I suppose. Yeah, that I that I specified, but of course that's completely on hold because of lockdown, COVID, all of that sort of stuff. Yeah. Um. 
and uh when it comes to some of those specialist games the uh the person that we would be playing with has uh just had a a child himself so um it, it through a bit of uh through multiple um reasons we haven't got round to that but 2021 new year hopefully we can pick some of those up again yeah this was a goal that i shared with you and it's just being realistic isn't it we can't play games Mm -hmm. at the moment so we will uh just shelf that it's not like these games are going anywhere um and if anything gives us a bit of time to prepare you know the age of sigma stuff i've i've got ready um you've almost finished your your chaos norse themed stuff there's not that much more to go on it so at least when we can finally get back together and play some games uh we'll be ready to do so i'm at the cusp of finishing the terrain uh you know we'll be set up to try age of sigma and or war cry and something else fairly easily and then and then maybe move on to something else later in the year but uh yeah i guess it's just a case of when when we're in a situation where socializing is is, is a safe thing to do yeah yeah and and although i am moving out of the area i'm only what, an hour and a half away so it's it's no time at all for a four or five hour game no i mean if you're going to make a make a day of it or whatever then um then it's not a big issue at all mate no yeah exactly um and last but not least uh hobby clear out so mm. i wanted to have a hobby clear out uh streamline and strip away some of the hobby hoarding crap that i've built up over the years you've not uh you've not paid attention to last show mate and you've you've, you've not done your homework it's, this is called stash busting Oh yes, stash busting. I had a. Oh, hang on, I'm trying to remember some of the acronyms. That, there's none a, of those ones, but this is a new yeah, one. What's the beyond life expectancy one? Sable. Sable. Stash, stash acquired beyond life expectancy. Yeah, so I I had a uh, a half sable. <laughs> um, so I'm still young. That's why. You get away. With uh, it. Yeah, but uh, no, no. So I I'd say this was was actually um, almost completed uh, because the first point i did have was sell my harlequins which i still have not got around to because i need to set up a triage center for them and, and get some pictures going for them pictures and repairs right they do lose the occasional dangly whatnot from from various models yeah yeah they are they are very flimsy um so yeah but um boxes and models and stuff i have completely streamlined my collection mm-hmm. um i mean i had what 10 15 boxes of crap basically where i've built the model and just left the sprues oh man yeah in in boxes so i actually had what a couple of sessions last year bought three different bits boxes and just cut sprues yep to pieces just cut all of the stuff that i may use put them in the bits box threw away the rest of the sprue Mm -hmm. um, and the boxes and i mean on paper yes you're getting a rid of a lot of stuff and there's more room but actually when you do it there is so much more room that you have in your cupboards and uh, hobby areas when do you get rid of all that those boxes of crap that you you don't even use um i've given away some boxes of um models i mean i've received models in return so it's that's uh, called a swap dave yeah not 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 uh, literally in return oh right okay yeah, but uh, yeah, I I I was I've always been like a not stingy, but um, tight. Yeah, yeah. Miser. I, I I always think that I'm going to use one day. <laughs> thanks. I always <laughs> think one day I'm going to use a, a box of uh, models, and sometimes I never get round to it. And this year I've had a few moments of I'm never going to use that. I'm yep. going to 
give that away to someone that may use it so so yeah i i i would say that this is a completed goal yes i didn't sell the harlequins but the rest of the items which was basically streamlining my collection for house moves and just for getting rid of crap um i've i've totally completed i've literally only got one box of my entire sort of hobby repertoire now which is uh, which is great. One big um, moving box, I should say, not just literally a, a small box. Um, it's very controlled. Yeah, I mean that's that's not uh, including sort of cases and stuff. But um, right, yeah, my actual hobby paraphernalia all fits into one box now, which is yeah, well, it's, it's really good. It's it's really good um, sort of mentally as well. Yeah, that that sure. I yeah, and it, it was good to show to my wife. See, like, see, I don't have see? too much stuff. Yeah. Can I buy some nails, please? <laughs> yeah, failing to pick it up. <laughs> But uh, yeah, sorry, that, that were, they were all my um, 2020 goals. What about yours? First of all, my goals were not very smart last year, as they, they never are, because uh, I believe attainable is one of the one of the elements of smart goals. Yeah. Um, so I think uh, I think uh, uh, we covered this in the like the mid every time review, we didn't talked. We? <laughs> yeah, we did. <laughs> so I wanted to complete my current army projects, which at the time were the Drukari. Oh, uh, how'd that go? Well, I mean, I stuffed up the process for the second and third time but yeah. um now i'm back on track you are um good job th- we're in 2021 isn't it yeah <laughs> um eldari uh elements they're done so that was Smashed the it. um craft worlds box set um mm-hmm. so the wraith the wraith box set um and my harlequin stuff so the troop the uh i just test my knowledge now here we go star weaver yeah that's it I was that's to the do transport vehicle find. Um, the Shadow Weaver, no, Shadow, Shadow Seer, Shadow Seer, damn it, I've got it wrong already. You're talking about the character, right? I'm talking about the character, the the wizard, Shadow Seer, uh, and the Death Jester, Mm -hmm. um, so I finished all of those up. Um, The coolest model in that range. It's so good, man. There's so many details. I love the little shurikens, like, sticking out of the piece of terrain that he's standing on, because obviously... Yes. It looks, it just looks really cool. Obviously, someone's been shooting back at him. <laughs> um, yeah, that, that doesn't make sense. Actually, now you mention it, that that, that boomerang shurikens. It's that, that's how he always right? reloads. Yeah, yeah, that's how that's how it works. <laughs> um, and I had orcs, um, which I have resigned myself to sell off uh, the unfinished stuff. I got rid of a bunch of it before, um, <laughs> and there's there's a few more bits. I, it was a project that I am like you had that. I'm never going to do this moment. I was like, I'm never going to finish this. Um, so I'm going to keep the bits that I want to to keep, um, and then the rest of it, half of it's gone, and, and the rest of it still needs to go. Actually, it's on my to do list. I mean, um, to be fair, that is how you complete a goal: is oh crap, oh crap, and get towards the end, just sell off the bits I haven't done. Yeah, that's how you do it. That's how you do it, man. That's how, that's how you blag it. Um, yep. And uh, knights. Um, I had the goal to finish the the knights stuff that I had bought. Um, came to the same realization of I've got far too much stuff here. Um, so I painted up uh, one of the knights um, with fully magnetized options. So he is mm. a paladin, an errant, a crusader, uh, whatever other 27 different names that they've got. Did you keep this one? I kept him. So he's finished and he's painted up and, and in, in, in his box. He's, he's taken part in all of about one game, I think, um, where it made a heinous mess. And the two armagers, uh, the Hel- armager helverins, the shooty ones. Um, and I had two other knight kits that I sold on uh, because I was just never going to get around to building them. It's a big investment to build a knight. Um, the it underbody, is. the underbody takes about ten seconds to paint because you spray it lead belcher and wash it, and you're basically done. And then all of the panels, because I airbrushed them and did transfers and went to town on all the stuff. 
uh, took forever. Just painting the gold trim um, was was enough to do me in. See what you did, what you should have done is what I did with my thousand suns and sprayed the whole thing gold and then just painted the panel. Yeah, but I'd have to brush paint it then, and my brush painting on large panels always looks crap. Yeah. I could have right. masked off the tree. I don't know. I just I don't know. I, I just did. I did the night, which was cool. And I thought these other two are going to take me forever. They're going to feel like a massive chore. Um, and I sold them for more than I paid for them. So I made a profit. There we go. Well, I, bought, I bought the Renegade box set, didn't I? Because the Renegade box set was a stupid value of ninety of pounds. You did. Uh, didn't you buy for... two of those box sets? I bought two and split one with you. Yeah. So you bought so. two box sets. <laughs> So I bought two that's, boxes in total. That, that was your issue. You had three nights. Uh, that was my issue was three nights to paint, yes. And uh, yeah, so I paint one. So I'm going to call that done-ish. <laughs> done-ish, sort of. Finish up my terrain projects. So I had a whole bunch of 40k terrain um, loitering and waiting for finishing up. Um, so I got that done. Some of it joined my kill team box set of stuff. Um, and some of it is uh, scatter pieces for playing 40k which is mm-hmm. nice. I've yet to play with them on the board, but they're done. So that was things like the Urban Conquest box that we bought. Uh, I made the objective markers. So I'm, I'm claiming, claiming that one as, 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 as done, apart from one uh, one walkway piece that I still need to like put some weathering powders on. Um, Close enough. But it's, it's, it, it's painted to the point where I can play it in a game, which is fine. It's 95% pass ratio, so you're fine. Oh, that's good. That's good. I like this. Um, and the Sisters, which I have not finished. Um... Mainly because they took a lot longer to do than I thought they would, because the armor took no time at all because it was contrast paint over metals. Uh, the robes have started to take a lot longer, and that I'm kind of happy that they're taking a lot longer, because as I've mentioned in previous episodes, I'm really enjoying painting them, uh, the robes, because they're really nicely sculpted and, and, e- and e- easy to work with, and they're, they're looking really good, way above the usual uh, standard of my, my painting uh, level. So I'm, I'm kind of happy to kind of continue that slow and nice uh, paintwork i just do a little bit every now and then you know every week i do a little bit more i do a little bit more i, I you know i've got the last 10 models very good yeah. <laughs> uh, the, the last 10 models just need the detailing done on them now and one or two robes the inner robe painting so that they're, they're almost done so didn't finish mm-hmm. it but you know that's that's kind of the theme here is didn't didn't quite finish it uh, i wanted to paint the model just for fun so i'm always painting stuff for army projects or gaming yeah. projects or whatever i wanted to paint something just for the fun of painting it and I dug out a mini that I've had sitting in my collection since something like 2011 or 12. Nice. Donation from our friend Ian. Um, and it is the Arfinel model. I believe it's a Wood Elf Druid um, miniature from Studio McVeigh. So that's Mike McVeigh. Um, it was a limited run resin mini. I think they only made something like 700 of them. Um, and I could never get one for love nor money. So Ian kindly donated the one he had because he said he'd never get around to finishing it. Um, so I then uh, never got around so, to finishing yeah. it until, until so this you year. stuck in your cupboard for eight years. Indeed. So I cracked that out and I was like, yes, I want to paint this. I've wanted this model finished. I've always been scared of painting it because the detail is incredibly fine. And I just made myself do it. And I did it in a winter color scheme, um, which was something interesting for me to do. And uh, I really enjoyed it. And I uh, mm. got exactly what I wanted out of it, which was a finished mini that wasn't for an army project and something that I really enjoyed painting. Um, and I kind of made a bit more effort than I normally would do as well because I was painting it just for fun. I did lots of layering that I wouldn't normally normally bother with. Um, so yeah, I overall enjoyed that. And that's a goal I actually achieved. I think it is, in fact, the only one that I actually achieved. It's the only one you achieved 100%. That's yeah, true. I mean, you've, you've, you've got above 50% on every single other one. That's good. I'll, t- I'll take that as a, as a as above half 
was above half rate. Yeah, um, I mean, I'm low. I'm lowering the standards as we speak, so you you you're good. Well, thankfully, the last two items I had was uh, get playing Age of Sigma and try a specialist game, as we already mentioned, had an overlap with yours and got uh, shoved off the rails by uh, the pandemic. So the, the less said about that now, uh, the better, as we think we've already covered it. So I'm going to keep some things on as an actual thing to to do in 2021, but I'm actually going to be a bit more conservative with my, with my goal settings when it rolls around to my turn to talk about it. But uh, in the interim period, I'll, I'll, I'll hurl you under the bus and you can get on with your... Your, your hobby goals which i've not pre-read so i'm going to listen to you say them uh as kind of like a, 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 a well it's one part oh. of the notes i didn't i didn't uh didn't read in detail i want to i want to hear from you what you're planning for next this year you're going to be like a fresh-faced listener wonderful um, it's gonna be glorious yeah i mean don't, don't get too excited because a lot of mine are still up in the air um thanks to sort of covid and moving house and baby Indeed, yeah, it's a lot going on. Um, yeah, so I mean, my first my first point was uh, to do with the new house. Uh, so I have the new house move in the next few weeks, hopefully. Um, so let's not jinx it. Um, so I Indeed. do have limited access um, to what I've got access to. Um, so the, the, there is a bit of an up in the air um, point to my first uh, my first bits. Um, and the first one is dependent on the, the new house move. And I want to uh, display several of my armies. Um, so I've got, uh, obviously, the Templars army. Um, I've got uh, the Thousand Suns army. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've got my up-and-coming uh, Norsken army that I want to display. Uh, and then there's the sort of the Custodes and the Tau. So, yeah, my first point was uh, I want to display several of my armies um that that i have in my collection obviously i've got the templars i've got the thousand sons i've mm-hmm. got the uh up and coming norskans with the custodians and the towel um so yeah i, I will be buying a display cabinet because i'll actually have the room for one um and yeah i want to display full armies mm-hmm. if not like sort of parts of armies um so possible triage and updates to those armies are on the books. Mm-hmm. Um, so my first goal would be to um, to be able to display uh, at least sort of two or three of those armies. Um, and like I said, the triage of fixing yeah, things could and be a big task. making sure I finish the bases for the custodies because some of them are a bit dodgy. Um, and yeah, so I just want to get those armies up to standard to get them into a display cabinet. Uh, the next goal that i want to set myself so i've I've been quite limited with my goals because i think we both overextended last year for sure um i want to create a like a customization army for some armies so i think i've mentioned this in the past and it's what i'd like is um when i put them in the display cabinet i want uh some sort of um custom item whether or not that's like a, a bust um, I've got quite a nice small sort of um, A5 canvas um, mm-hmm. for my Black Templars that I might stick in the back of the cabinet, um, which would be quite nice. Actually, I think um, I think that was a present actually from um, my old housemate Dan, who uh, who runs oh, his cool. own podcast actually, um, is it the Bearded Gamers. Yeah, Bearded Gamers. We mentioned him a few times. Yeah, so uh, he yeah he bought me the the uh, sort of A5 canvas, so I'll stick that in the back of That's the. Cool. Um, the display cabinet behind the army um but yeah so possibly like a a, a bust or um some form of um thing that uh i want to, to sort of display for maybe every single 
army that I have in the display cabinet or just a few um, knickknacks here and there I can like maybe display on my desk or something. That's cool. Um, yeah, so that or, or maybe more um, more canvases. I know that's not actually making something, but that's sort of improving the uh, the aesthetic of of the display cabinet. My next point was a bit more all-encompassing. Um, next year, one of my goals is to stop half-arsing stuff. <laughs> there has been several things where I've gone, oh, I really want to do that. I buy some things, I paint up half of it and just leave the rest. Um, my custodies, I never sort of finished basing um, like three or four of them. Oh, mate, we all do that where we you just get right up to the line. You're like, yeah, this is basically done. And then you just there's one or two little things where you, you don't finish them and then you don't notice until you come back and, and look at them. Like when you do the triage, you'll spot these things. Yeah. Um, and everybody does it. Well, not everybody, but a lot of people do it. Yeah. So so my goal was to sort of actually finish stuff that I'm working on, finish projects, finish um, like if if I want to paint, say, the custodian wardens do all three of their bases don't just leave one i was gonna say who does that sort of thing but i guess everyone does that sort of thing but they um don't quite finish them um so i i i need to yeah stop half-arsing stuff and uh the last point is again all encompassing and i think it's something that we all need to live by and that is to keep my enjoyment for the hobby up uh, even if that means sort of less actual hobby um because burnout is real we need to um keep the enjoyment levels up and i don't want to feel like i i don't have any deadlines this year i mean may, maybe if we get start getting games in towards the end of the year when when all of this craziness is over uh, i might have to sort of uh, finish off like an age of sigmar army or finish off like a templars list or something but I mean, I don't have any proper deadlines, so I don't need to rush anything. I don't need to constantly be working on stuff. So, yeah, I just want to sort of keep my enjoyment up and I might sort of branch out into other bits of the hobby that have, have been a bit um, lackadaisical in the last um, couple of years, which is like audiobooks. I, I haven't listened to an audiobook in ages. Uh, I haven't read any Black Library books because I'd say 75% of my Black Library reading is uh, on holiday and of course we haven't <laughs> been able to get on holiday um so yeah i i'd like to um instead of burning myself out by just forcing myself to um pick up paintbrushes every other day uh just maybe sort of branch out keep the inspiration flowing without yeah burning out just doing miniatures constantly that is a that is a good goal not make yourself do something for the sake of doing it that frequently does lead to way less enjoyment. Um, and yes, you're, you're right. If there's no thing you're aiming for, like a game or a campaign type thing, um, forcing yourself to work to a deadline is not gonna not gonna have the end result of of you having a good time. And uh, we have we do this hobby, most of us, uh, in order to have a good time. Um, yeah, it so, is a yeah. hobby. It's not a job. Yeah, for, so for think, most of us, it's that's a two-edged sword, mate. That is a two-edged sword. Yeah, so it, it cuts both ways for sure. So yeah, generally speaking, I think that the goal of of getting maximum enjoyment out of it, whatever that happens to be, and not not kind of overly defining what is supposed to be fun in the hobby, I think is is a great idea. 
like I said, I haven't been too specific with my goals, partly because I didn't want to overextend like we both did last year, and partly because I wanted to have um, more generalized goals and more goals for my hobby rather than deadlines and projects. Yeah. I think I think we're a bit too more, we were a bit too project based last year with, with sort of physical um, objectives. Rather, rather than sort of um, trying to look ahead to the next year of hobby. Yes, I'm going to open with uh, with a a couple of project related uh, goals. Though <laughs> so I do, I do still need those to get me the oh, finished yes. stuff. No, no. I think. Don't, don't get me wrong. Um, that 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 is still that is still something that we need. Mm. Um, but uh, I, I think it was a bit uh, detrimental to my progress last year, personally. Yeah, it's very, it's very, it's uh, very sensible to actually address that, mate. And this, that's why this year you're going to hear a very, very short list of of things that I'm going to ensure that I finish this year. Um, Good. Learning, learning from mistakes, both of us. Yes, it's something, something to do with being an adult. I think. Not entirely I sure. I mean, arguably we were adults last year as well, but uh... <laughs> I mean, <laughs> technically. Um, so yes, things I want to finish. Drakari. I want to finish that Drakari army. I have not mentioned it actually, but I've since soldiered on with getting the crew painted for all the vehicles as well. Um so I, like a genius, thought, hey, these Drakari models are cool. They've got really cool crew members. Uh I'll I'll I'll, I'll build and paint all those crew members. So four vehicles with four crew each is suddenly 16 additional infantry models i painted so got those out of the <laughs> you, way you should see my harlequin vehicles uh the first two start off with all four crew members yeah. uh the the next two have just pilots and then the last two are unpiloted nice so uh, nice. yeah it, it was a stage of these are really cool i can't be asked maybe oh, i should why. keep pilots no screw them as well yeah, so I do want to finish them. There are so what I've got left to paint is uh, a couple of squads and the bikes. So I'm pretty much halfway through painting painting that stuff now, and I only really started it last month or so um, with painting it proper. And it's really quick to paint because of the the, the sheer lack of highlighting involved. So that's, that's that's a good one for me to kind of soldier on with, um, and to get the sisters over the line. I'm determined to do exactly what you just said of uh, not half ass this. Uh, and let it drop at the last minute, you know, because I've been doing the custom bases for them and everything. So I, I intend to kind of press on with that. And, and as I said, I'm actually enjoying that. Um, and with the Drakari project, I feel really positive about it because I pulled it out of the fire twice now. Um, uh, so I'm, I'm feeling, I'm feeling uh, hobby positive about it, if that's a thing. It sounds like body positive, so stick with it. Still going to stick with it. Um, I'm going to finish the 3D printed dungeon gaming stuff nice. that I said I was I was uh, working on. I've now built absolutely everything, um, and now I just need to go to the garage when I finish the Age of Sigmar table, clear off the bench, and prime the hell out of everything. It is uh, sponging for the terrain and uh, contrast paints for the miniatures to get things done fast, um, and uh, hopefully. Uh, be able to get some games in with my son. I'm going to run it as Warhammer Quest Lite because the rules for that can be quite complicated, actually. Um, so I'll kind of have like a dull, like a I kind of have a simplified version of that. I might use a bit of Hero Quest rules actually because they're kind of a bit simpler, sure. um, mm-hmm. but to keep it fun um, and and play some more games with with him. Um, we play a lot of games anyway, board games and video games, but uh, I'd like to get a bit of dungeoning gaming 
going on on top of that and, and a bit more 40k because he asked to play over Christmas and I thought that was nice to have him ask um, I don't want to I don't want to make it a forced issue because then I think kids enjoy it a lot less well it was either that or adoption so you <laughs> <laughs> Uh, to finish Age of Sigmar board which I've already said is is so close mm-hmm. and again I think this this boils down to the not dropping the ball right at the end so I'm going to do as sure. much as I can in the house um, and, and just leave the last few uh, spray coats of things I might actually pack it away in the cupboard in the house until the spring and then get it back out again and, and do it when it's warmed up a bit um, just, just because it was becoming a, a bit of a problem but I'm, I'm determined to get that finished um, and, and definitely learn a lot of uh, a lot of lessons from that and I want to get into playing um, the Lord of the Rings game, uh, Middle Earth strategy battle game. I think it's called. Um, but we, we not, all know what you mean. Not in a serious way, uh, in a very uh, loose and shoot from the hip kind of way with my friend Paul. You like uh, the models? Might as well learn the game. Yeah, and I mean, uh, we want to do the board, um, and just going to loosely play it for fun. I plan to use the Age of Sigmar table to run a couple of the scenarios on. Um, because uh, from my experience of having played the the game way back when, uh, the things that I enjoyed the most were the kind of scenario based bits. Um, yeah, a bit like Space Hulk. Yeah, the uh, the missions make the game. The missions make the game because otherwise Lord of the Rings could be a bit grindy if you don't have yeah. a cool mission and a, and a story theme in mind, which is essentially what it what it, what it where it plays best. I haven't played the game for a very long time, so I don't know how well the rules have changed. I will catch up on that at some point, um, but I think it'd be fun. And it's not something I'm going to let spiral into a massive project because it's just you know my mate and I collecting some miniatures and having some battles and doing a bit of story stuff with the fellowship, which I think would be cool. Mm-hmm. And uh, generally, just going to play it like as a, again when we're able to play games, which you know, fingers crossed, in yeah. Q3 sometime would be nice. And I'm going to get on with, but definitely not set myself the goal of finishing a like secret background project that I started working on last year. Right. So I'll get into it in a couple of months' time when I've got a few more bits in order, because um, it's required some uh, tricky side work um, to get things done. <laughs> Um, but more more to come on that later. I'm not going to set myself the goal of finishing it because I think that is something that will uh, leave me incomplete at the end of the year. I'm just going to kind of get on with it and enjoy it. And again, it's funny, isn't it? Because I, I I'm cracking on with um like loads of terrain based stuff, and it's just going to sit there unused for ages uh, until we know we know how p- things pan out. So I, I really don't want to force myself to get on with these things. I I think it's actually kind of a good time for me to naturally. Uh, butterfly around between the various projects like I, I want to do because yep. there's no point driving yourself to finish anything with any kind of fervor for us under our restrictions at least um, if there's if there's no gaming going on if kind of feeling a bit more free to to flip from thing to thing um, and I'm setting myself the rule of this year I will start zero new army projects good good on you That's, that, is... that is a for you that is a very good um <laughs> One, but just because you are that person, don't take offence to this, you are that person that buys the next new shiny thing and then it sits in your cupboard for three years. Yeah. No, I am. I'm pretty bad at that at times. Um, sometimes good, sometimes sometimes really, really bad at it. Um, so yes, no no offence taken, Dave. That is what I what I fought, it fall into and I'm going to make sure I don't do it. I mean, I will let you off if uh, Games Workshop do release a full goblin uh, army <laughs> full of like goblin regiments and goblin chieftains and goblin everything okay. I'll, I'll let you off for that one fair enough but i mean i I don't, think, I don't foresee that coming but yes if that if that does happen uh who, who knows but 
Um, I'm always half. I'm already halfway there with my Age Sigma bits and bobs anyway. Um, <laughs> so it wouldn't technically be a new army? Question mark. We'll 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 we'll, we'll cross that bridge if and when. Uh, look, look, rules is written. Like, rules is sit down. God, rules is written. <laughs> So, I mean, if I do buy new bits and pieces, it will be actually focused on things like, uh, I'm going to call them like unit, team, gang, warband type approaches of um, stuff. This, this in the next week or so, my wife and I are going to try out the Underworlds game, um, Shadespire type nice. thing. Nice. Um, I painted up all the models for it. Uh, we've decided to play more board games together as we're at home doing not much else it was too much watching tv and and video games and stuff we're going to try playing some more board games um so going to give that a whirl so if like i want to add a new warband to that for some variety uh, i'm not going to hamper myself on not buying anything at all uh but that'll be the sort of thing that i that i pick up and and if gaming picks up again later in the year and i'm like i want to do something cool i will just buy a unit and do a kill team exactly what a friend of mine does if he gets the urge to try out a new army he will buy a kill team for that army. Yeah. And if it scratches the itch, great. And if it doesn't, he will start on that project. Cool. Good way of doing it. Mm. So I'm I'm going to restrict myself to no no new big army projects next year. It's a case of capping off what I've got uh, and and having a bit of a a bit of a a chill out with everything and 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 not put so much pressure on myself to have to do a bunch of stuff. Yep. No, I I'm totally behind you on that one. But yeah, those those are my goals for next year. Let's let's see if we can stick to them. Um this time they're a little less restrictive, so fingers crossed for uh, for a higher rate of success. But uh, I think we've established that at the end of the day, the only people judging us are ourselves, uh, and I and I don't really give a crap about whether I finish them or not. They're just there as a guiding principle for the year, right? Maybe we should make them like the yearly mission statement or something cheesy like that, as opposed to goals. But uh, but uh, that that's that's kind of what I'm treating it more as a aims aims for the year rather than goals. Make them a little no, bit more I, relaxed. I, I like the term guiding principle. There we go. Uh, speaking of uh, guiding principles, when you uh, lead us into your guidance for uh, how to use contrast paint, Ooh. take two. Beautiful. Yes, so revision of contrast paint advice. And that is because I've been doing a lot of different things this year with contrast paints. Um, I mentioned talking about them before and, and kind of my early learnings on this. And I've definitely done a bit of a deeper dive, especially with the fellowship project. So um, I think things to, to kind of revisit, and we, we sort of mentioned this a few times um, when talking about various projects, um, but the the key step of undercoating the model. Mm. So GW are very clear that they have two products for undercoating the model. They have the Wraithbone uh, creamy color, off-white creamy color, and yep. they have Grey Seer, which is their off-white gray color, um, which is somewhere between... It's administratum grey, isn't it? Really, it's somewhere between administratum grey and Ulthuan grey. It's quite mm-hmm. quite light, um, and obviously these are the 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 colours that these these are the paints that show through the transparent uh, contrast paints in order to give them the the highlights and low lights effect where where contrast does its thing. But I think I've definitely learned that uh, you can do a lot more zenithal. Uh, work even with rattle cans it doesn't have to be with an airbrush i didn't use an airbrush for any of the ones i did this on um and you don't have to stick to what gw tell you for the contrast paints as, as the base um you can uh do the grays and then a white uh, from above which works really really well uh, for the space hulk project i did this to get that kind of heavy um lighting from above effect to, to dri- drive the atmospheric feel for, for the space hulk work that i did um but i used black 
um, and I left too much black showing, um, which right. I think ended up in uh, some of the colors didn't go over it at all, and it looked a little stark in places. So I would still use black, but I would do a lot more side on with gray rather than just downwards with the gray, um, yep. and then leave the downwards part of the zenith or highlight for the white. Um, that's, that's what I did with the custodies. So I did yep. uh, black all over and literally grey at a 90 degree angle yep. so only the um underneath bits so anything yep. uh tucked behind something or underneath were, were black yeah so i think that's, that's a lesson learned for me on that one and uh with the urukai um uh, i mean obviously i've i've talked about contrast paints over metals about a million times um which are amazing uh but i also did the a lot of the cloth flesh and straps on those models in different shades of pale browns um uh, like xv88 which i think is the tau color uh base color um and i did uh maybe even doomble brown as the flesh because they have that kind of ready brown flesh for the for the urukai i did all of those before i went over the whole model um with contrast paints and it it worked really well because i thinned the contrast a little so it acted as like a, a super shade um rather than rather than agrax and i saw a really good version where someone had painted some robes in uh jean stealer purple i'm gonna say or the, the 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 pale purple base color and then went over that with the magos purple which is the purple contrast because that magos purple does not have a lot of strength to it and some of the colors don't i'll come on to that in a minute um but by using a pale purple rather than grey and then going over it with a purple contrast, it really boosted the vibrancy of the purple and made mm-hmm. it look way better than the Magos purple over grey does, which doesn't look purple at all, if you ask me. Um, so you can use um, pastel-y uh, colours as, as base coats for contrast and get a lot more mileage and, and, and uh, vibrancy on some of the low-impact colours. And thinning, I mentioned thinning. Um, you have to use the contrast medium. I've definitely learned that lesson yep. the hard way. Uh, if you use water, it disperses too much over the surface and you get the staining effect. Um, unless you want that. If you want the staining effect, then that's great. But to really push that um, highlight Good for Death Guard weathering, maybe. Yeah, I mean, it's good for weathering. It's good for a lot of things. Uh, if you want to tint a surface a certain color, thinning it with water is fine because you want a smooth, consistent layer over the top of whatever it is underneath that you're tinting. Um, water works really well there. But for anything where you want that contrast effect, don't skimp out and, and avoid the contrast medium. It, it makes a massive difference. Again, referencing the Urukai, I watered that, I thinned, sorry, that uh, Wildwood down five to one. So five parts wildwood with one part contrast medium just to make it act like a a light stain and a shade. Uh, And it it did a fantastic job. If I'd used water, it would have dispersed over the surface too much and everything would just be murky brown. The colors underneath Mm -hmm. wouldn't have shone through as as, as they should do. Um, And I've definitely learned you can mix the paints together. You can mix the colors together. And again, it's more of a tinting thing than it is anything else. So you cannot mix uh, blue and red contrast paints and expect to get a purple contrast paint out of the end result. I did that and it just looked like crap. Um, It's just become a sort of a darker red. It was a dark, murky... I don't even know what colour it was because it just messed up the way the colours were working together. Um, So that was a massive failure. But putting similar colors together to shift the color in one direction or another is definitely something you can do really really well with the contrast paints um so again examples uh the 
ogres that I did for the Age of Sigmar project. Um, mm-hmm. I, zenithal, I zenithal sprayed all of the ogres. Um, and to get variant skin tones across the units, um, I used Gulliman Flesh, uh, Skeleton Horde, and Wildwood as my three colours. Um, and I just mixed some of them in together. So I lightened the Wildwood on one of the models with some Skeleton Horde and got a more middle um skin tone rather than a dark skin tone um one of them i think i used even a little bit of gorgranta fur in with the gulliman flesh to kind of give it a more reddish tone um so you can kind of tint them i would say like you take a base a base contrast color and you add in maybe 20 percent of a different color to kind of push the color spectrum along a bit um but right. anything more than that and you're into it being a bit unreliable as to what color it comes out like so again they can definitely be mixed the lord of the rings models were, were a good example of that i got gimli's um outfit done by putting a little bit of uh, blood angels red um into the gore grunter fur to make a really red brown as opposed to a slightly red brown because that's what his armor looks like um mm-hmm. and and it and it worked out really well um you you can't do it consistently so i wouldn't do it as like an army thing but where you're doing a one-off unless you mix a pot of it up but you, you can kind of shift the color around and, and the other thing to do is to kind of take note of the best colors for contrast paints are the ones that have quite a high impact a lot of the paler colors like magos purple is very is a very light purple color it really doesn't work very well where i found putting it over the the, the 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 paints that gw tell you to use um so i mean i i would go for the more vibrant and um stronger colors um for more regular use because they, they they work very reliably and once you're done um you've got to preserve that paintwork as soon as i'd done the base layers on the fellowship models um i went over them with a layer of lamian medium to act as a pseudo varnish um i didn't varnish them straight up because i wanted to do layers over the top and things like that and do the metallics um but where you're going to then touch the model contrast paints really are not very robust they're a very very thin layer um over the top of the the base coat and that base coat is a slightly slippery base coat on purpose it it is very easy to ruin the work you've done so uh, save your work regularly by by putting thin layers of lamy medium over the top it makes it a bit more robust like a regular acrylic paint is um, but doesn't ruin the doesn't ruin the look at all sure but i I, i'm a i'm a big sold fan on them i've 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 uh, come a long way since uh may of 2019 when i had an epic rant of some poor person at uh at uh, warhammer fest and you lot um and uh yeah now i'm a massive supporter of using them correctly good so that uh wraps up the first episode of 2021 for the uh floorhammer podcast of course you can find us on uh, Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Floorhammer Podcast, our website floorhammerpodcast.com, and our Instagram handle at floorhammer underscore podcast, which should pick up a bit more soon. I see you've uh, put a few of your Lord of the Rings stuff on there recently. Yeah, I'm not going to forget that I do do 40k stuff as well, but uh, yeah, yeah. Anything, anything and uh, yeah, but all sorts of things will get, th- get thrown up on there. I think uh, yeah, need, need to get back on that train now. So, Cheers, guys, for listening. Yep, speak to you next episode.